Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Ram Goldhar and today Mazek Nadarim Daf Ein the tenth parak Nar Hamarasa. So the three dots we're going to focus on. Number one, Rabbi on the previous Daf asked, if one said Kaim Lichia Yom, it is confirmed for you today. Do we say implicit in his words is the converse, and it is revoked for you tomorrow, which the Gemara now assumes would be valid? Rabbi then asked, if one said Mufar Lichilamachar is revoked for you tomorrow, do we say imply that today it would be confirmed and it can no longer be revoked? Or do we say that since he did not explicitly confirm for today, the revocation is valid? The run notes that the Gemara here considers that if he would say both expressly, then that it would be confirmed, the opposite of the assumption in the first inquiry. And if this case is considered confirmed, then what if he said, confirmed for you for an hour? Is it as if he said the implied revoked after an hour or not? Point number two, a final inquiry is posed. If we say Kaim Shah, confirmed for you for an hour, is not considered revoked because the implied afar was not expressed, what if he explicitly said confirmed for you for an hour and then revoked after an hour? Does the temporary hakama make the netter confirmed or is the hafar afterwards valid since it was on the same day? The more suggests a proof from a Mishnah. If a woman became a Nazira and her husband said, and I, which means he accepts Naziras like her, then he can no longer revoke her Naziras because basing his Naziras on hers is an act of Hakama. But, the Gemara argues, if a temporary Hakama would allow for a Hafara thereafter, why can he not revoke her Naziras after this automatic confirmation? The Gemara rejects the proof because it's possible that his saying, and I, is like a permanent Hakama. And point number three, the next mission teaches that the father and husband each have an advantage in Hafara. If the father dies, the right to revoke Nadarm is not transferred to the husband. But if the husband dies, the right to revoke Nadarm is transferred to the father. It then teaches the relative advantage of the husband. That the husband can revoke her Nadarm after she reaches Bagrus, the state of maturity, following Narus, and the father cannot. The Gemara asks, what case is being referred to? It cannot mean that the husband can now revoke Nadarim made while she was a Nara Arusa, because just as the husband cannot revoke those Nadarim when the father dies, so too when she reaches Bagrus, which likewise removes her from the father's domain. Those Nadarim cannot be revoked by the husband. Rather, the Mishnah means that Nadarim made as a Bulgar's Arusa, after she reaches the time of Nesuin, and the husband must support her, can be revoked by the husband although she's still an Arusa. The Gemara explains the necessity of this mission and the one on Dav Ayn Gimel Amit Beis, which both teach this principle. So once again, the three points are number one. Rabbah on the previous Dav asked, If one said, Kaim Lichi Hayom, it is confirmed for you today. Do we say implicit in his words is the converse, and it is a revoke for you tomorrow, which the Gemara now assumes would be valid? Rabbah then asks, If one said, Mufar Lichi Lamachar, is revoked for you tomorrow, do we say imply that today it would be confirmed and it can no longer be revoked? Or do we say that since he did not explicitly confirm for today, the revocation is valid? The run notes that the Gemara here considers that if he would say both expressly, then that it would be confirmed, the opposite of the assumption in the first inquiry. And if this case is considered confirmed, then what if he said, confirmed for you for an hour? Is it as if he said the implied revoked after an hour or not? Point number two, a final inquiry is posed. If we say, confirmed for you for an hour, is not considered revoked because the implied afar was not expressed, what if he explicitly said, confirmed for you for an hour and then revoked after an hour? Does the temporary hakama make the netter confirmed, or is the hafar afterwards valid since it was on the same day? The more suggests a proof from a Mishnah. 
If a woman became a Nazira and her husband said, and I, which means he accepts Naziras like her, then he can no longer revoke her Naziras because basing his Naziras on hers is an act of Hakama. But, the Gemara argues, if a temporary Hakama would allow for a Hafara thereafter, why can he not revoke her Naziras after this automatic confirmation? The Gemara rejects the proof because it's possible that his saying, and I, is like a permanent Hakama. And pointing with you, the next Mishnah teaches that the father and husband each have an advantage in Hafara. If the father dies, the right to revoke Nadarm is not transferred to the husband. But if the husband dies, the right to revoke Nadarm is transferred to the father. It then teaches the relative advantage of the husband. That the husband can revoke her Nadarm after she reaches Bagrus, the state of maturity, following Narus, and the father cannot. The Gemara asks, what case is being referred to? It cannot mean that the husband can now revoke Nadarim made while she was a Nara Arusa, because just as the husband cannot revoke those Nadarim when the father dies, so too when she reaches Bagrus, which likewise removes her from the father's domain. Those Nadarim cannot be revoked by the husband. Rather, the Mishnah means that Nadarim made as a Bulgaris Arusa, after she reaches the time of Nesuin, and the husband must support her, can be revoked by the husband although she's still an Arusa. The Gemara explains the necessity of this mission and the one on Dav Ayn Gimel Amid Beis, which both teach this principle. All right, so now we got our Simon Dav Ayn, and here we have a new Simon alert, a new Simon alert. The former Simon for Ayn has been retired. We are no longer using it. We're using a new Simon. The new Simon is Eye Doctor. Very simple. Ayn is an Eye Doctor. That's our Simon moving forward. The former Simon has been retired to the Zichru archives. So here we go. The confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office, who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it's revoked for her tomorrow, and that her appointment was confirmed for her for an hour, and revoked after an hour, suggested that perhaps she should speak to her father and Hassan, who each have an advantage over the other, regarding Hafara. Once again, it's emotion. The confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office. Eye doctor's office? That must mean we're on Duff Ayan. Eye doctor. The confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office, who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it's revoked for her tomorrow, which reminds us, Rabbi had asked, if one said, it is confirmed for you today, do we say implicit in his words is the converse, and it is revoked for you tomorrow, which the Gemara now assumes would be valid. He then asked, if one said, it is revoked for you tomorrow, do we say imply that today it would be confirmed, and it can no longer be revoked? Or do we say that since he did not explicitly confirm for today, the revocation is valid? So the confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it is revoked for her tomorrow, and that her appointment was confirmed for her for an hour, and revoked after an hour, which reminds us a final inquiry was posed if we say that confirmed for you an hour is not considered revoked because the implied hafar was not expressed, what if he explicitly said confirmed for you for an hour and revoked after an hour? Does the temporary akama make the netter confirmed, or is the hafar afterwards valid since it was on the same day? So the confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office, who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it is revoked for her tomorrow, and that her appointment was confirmed for her for an hour, and revoked after an hour, suggested that perhaps she should speak to her father and chassan, who each have an advantage over the other regarding Hafara, which reminds us, the next mission teaches that the father and husband each have an advantage in Hafara. If the father dies, the right to revoke Nadarim is not transferred to the husband. 
But if the husband dies, the right to revoke Nadarim is transferred to the father. It then teaches the relative advantage of the husband, Shabal, Mefra Bevegar, that the husband can revoke her Nadarim after she reaches Bagras, and the father cannot. So once again, the confused receptionist at the eye doctor's office, who told the young patient that her appointment was confirmed for her today, which might mean it is revoked for her tomorrow, and that her appointment was confirmed for her for an hour, and revoked after an hour, suggested that perhaps she should speak to her father and Hassan, who each have an advantage over the other, regarding Hafara. All right, so now it's time for Four Bablach Hazara. Dav Samach Vav. So the Simmer Dav Samach Vav is related to sewing, and we use a tailor. So here goes. The tailor, tailor, that must be more than Dav Samach Vav. So, the tailor who required two hetarim for his two independent nadarm, saying, What I benefit from my apprentice is like a carbon, and what I benefit from my seamstress is like a carbon, which reminds us the mission makes several distinctions about the principle of netter shuhutu miksasu hutrakuo, that a netter which is partially nullified is nullified entirely. The third case was if he said, Shani nena lezeh carbon lezeh carbon, what I benefit from this person is like a carbon, and from this person is like a carbon, tzrichim pesalcho echov echod, we require an opening for each one of them, because by saying like a carbon, regarding each person, they are independent nadarim and require their own hatter. So, the tailor who required two hatterim for his two independent nadarim, saying, what I benefit from my apprentice is like a carbon, and what I benefit from my seamstress is like a carbon, was so impressed by the new gold tooth that his poor daughter received from the rabbi, which reminds us of the case of Rabbi where a man vowed benefit from his niece because of her appearance, the more explained she was missing a tooth, and after Rabbi Shmuel beautified her by providing her a false tooth of gold, he presented her to uncle and said, Beneath Mizona Dart my son, is it from this one you vowed? The man said no, and Rabbi Shmuel permitted the netter. He then wept and said, Benos Yisrael knows him, Benos Yisrael beautiful, but poverty makes him homely. So the tailor who acquired two hetarim for his two independent nadarim, saying, What I benefit from my apprentice is like a carbon, and what I benefit from my seamstress is like a carbon, was so impressed by the new gold tooth that his poor daughter received from the rabbi, that he told his wife, I forbid you from entering my tailor shop until you give a taste of your food to the rabbi, which reminds us, a man once forbade his wife from benefiting from him until she gave a taste of her food to Rabbi Yehud and Rabbi Shimon. Despite the indignity, Rabbi Yehud tasted it, saying that it's a kavachomer. If to make shalom between a man and his wife, the Torah said, My name which was written in Kedusha should be erased into the afflictive waters given to the Sota, even where it's a suffix, if it will save the marriage, then I, all the more so, should subject myself to this dishonor to save their marriage. Rabbi Shimon didn't taste it because he held differently. Daf Samach Zayn. So the simmer Daf Samach Zayn is a sizzling barbecue. So here goes. The Nahamarasa who was hosting a Hafara barbecue. Barbecue? That must be more on Daf Samach Zayn. Sizzling barbecue. The Nahamarasa was hosting a Hafara barbecue where a father and chassan intended to jointly be made for her nadir, which reminds Gemara teaches that a father and husband jointly revoke nadarim of a nara who is an arusa. So the Nahamarasa was hosting a Hafara barbecue where a father and chassan intended to jointly be made for her nadir, was so upset when she heard a chassan initially confirmed it before trying to retract his confirmation, which reminds us the Gemara brings a case regarding a father and a chassan where one was made from the nether and the other confirmed it, and he attracted it and sought an annulment of his confirmation, rendering the confirmation void. So the Narahmarasa was hosting a Hafara barbecue, where her father and chassan intended to jointly be made for her nadir, was so upset when she heard her chassan initially confirmed it before trying to retract his confirmation, 
that she tore down the banner with the Pusik, which reminds us rubber source for the joint hafar of the nether of Anar Marasa is the Pasik and if she will be married to a man and her vows are upon her and her husband will hear and revoke her vow. Dav Samaches, so the simmer Dav Samaches is Schach and we often use Sukkah for the simmon. So here goes. The Nar Marasa was sitting in a Sukkah Sukkah that must be on Dav Samaches, Schach. The Narhamarasa was sitting in a sukkah which had a light-up decoration of the words Ben Ishli Ishto, juxtaposed to the words Ben Avlabito, which reminds us the Academy of Ishmael provided an alternate source for the joint hafar of the father and husband of a Na'ara who's an Arusa. The final pasuk about hafar says, These are the laws that Hashem commanded Ben Ishli Ishto Ben Avlabito, between a man and his wife, between a father and his daughter, Ben Nuhurel Beisavia, in her youth, in her father's house. From here, from the juxtaposition of the father and husband, we learn about a Nara who's in Arusa that her father and husband are made for her netter jointly. So the Nara Marasa was sitting in a sukkah which had a light-up decoration of the words Ben Ishli Ishto, juxtaposed to the words Ben Avlabito, and was listening to her husband say that he does not have the right to cut off half of the netter she made on the tukazesim of food. Which reminds us, more poses a question, does a husband when being made for Anarusa's netter cut off half of the netter when he's made for, or does he weaken the entire netter? The Gemara expresses a practical outcome of this inquiry if an Arusa made a netter, not to eat two specific kazesim of food, and the husband revoked the netter and she subsequently ate both kazesim, does she receive malchus? If the husband's hafar cuts away half, and the other half remains in full force, then eating the second gazayas, whichever it is, won't kermalka. But if the husband's hafara halves the strength of the entire netter, then both kazesim remain prohibited, but not with the full force of the original prohibition to incur malkas. So, the Namarasa was sitting in a sukkah which had a light-up decoration of the words Ben Ishli Ishto, juxtaposed to the words Ben Avlabito, and was listening to Rochassan say that he does not have the right to cut off half of the netter she made on the two kazesim of food. When news arrived that her father died and that his right to mefer, Nudadarim, was emptied out to Rochassan. Which reminds us, the Gemara presents a proof to the above question by bringing a lengthy brisa about the rules of Nisrokna, literally emptied out, referring to when one party dies and control of Hafara would potentially fall to the other. The first four cases are presented on this daf, and the Gemara's proof would be from the fifth case brought on the next daf. Daf Samachtes, so the similar daf Samachtes is soot, and we often use a chimney sweep. So here goes. The chimney sweep, chimney sweep, that must move on daf Samachtes, soot. The chimney sweep who learned that his afara of his Arusa's daughter's netter from cleaning chimneys was Mikosh Kalish, and he therefore cannot be made for the portion of the chassan who died before hearing of the netter, which reminds us, if a father revoked the vow as of Arusa daughter and the husband died before hearing of it, according to Beishamai, Chozer Abu made for Chalkoshal the father repeats and revokes the portion of the husband, but Beishamai say that the father cannot revoke the netter. The Gemara explains the Malchok is thus resolving the inquiry on the previous daf. According to Beishamai's Megas Gaius, the first party's hafara cuts away half of the netter, leaving the other half intact. When the husband dies, that half falls to the father's domain, and he can revoke it. According to Basilo, Mikosh Kalish, he weakens the entire netter. This weakened remainder of the netter cannot be transferred to the father's domain at the husband's death, so the father cannot revoke it. 
So the chimney sweep who learned that his afara of his arusa's daughter's netter from cleaning chimneys was Mikosh Kalish, and he therefore could not be made for the portion of the chassan who died before hearing of the netter, wondered if he can seek a nomen of his afara, which reminds us, Rava asked, Yesha el bahakim or ain't el bahakim? Is there a nomen for hakam of a netter or not? Do we say that just as one can seek a nomen of a netter from a chacham, he can do the same with his akama, which is akin to a netter, which would reinstate his ability to revoke the netter that day or not? Rava continued, if we would conclude that it is possible to annul ha'akama, is there even a nomen for hafara or not? Would it be possible for someone who had already revoked a nether, rendering a void, to annul the hafara and reinstate the nether? So the chimney sweep who learned that his hafara of a Zerusa daughter's nether from cleaning chimneys was Mikosh Kalish, and he therefore could not be made for the portion of the chasen who died before hearing of the nether, wondered if he can seek a nomen of his hafara. But the Chacham was busy dealing with the case of one who made a Hakama contingent on a Hafara, which reminds us, the more discusses what if one made a Hakama contingent on a Hafara. All right, so now it's time to conclude our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff do we have a Bryce about the rules of Nisrokna, literally empty out, referring to when one party dies and control of Hafara would potentially fall to the other? That's on Duff. Samachas. Good. Number two. Which stuff do you learn that the father and husband each have an advantage in hafara? That's on Duff. Ayan. Good. Number three. Which stuff do you learn that a father and husband both jointly annul the nether of Anar Marasa? That's on Duff. Samachzayin. Good. Number four. Which stuff do you learn what is done if one made a hakama contingent on a hafara? That's on Duff. Good number five. Which stuff you have a question? If one said it is revoked for you tomorrow, do we say he implied that today it would be confirmed and it can no longer be revoked? That's on Duff. Ayan. Good number six. Which stuff you have the incident of Siddiqui was seen Nebuchadnezzar eat a live hair and being made to make a nether not to reveal it? That's on Duff. Good number seven. Which stuff you have What if one explicitly said confirmed for you for an hour and revoked after an hour? That's on Duff. Ayan. Good number eight. Which stuff do you have the more is question? Does a husband when being made for on Arusa's netter cut off half the netter when he's made for? Or does he weaken the entire netter? That's on Dav. Samachas. Good number nine. Which stuff do you have a case regarding a father and a husband where one was made for the Narmaras's netter and the other one confirmed it? That's on Dav. Samachzain. Good. And number ten. Which stuff do you have Because one can use a Pesach for his netter based on the covet of his father and mother. That's on Dav. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.